New look. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Good morning, folks. Today is Wednesday, October 19th. Welcome to episode number 222 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize it today at work? Or if you're looking to break in the industry, we got you covered. Shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. Got to give some love up to the stream sponsors. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Can set up a no hassle, no obligation phone call with the CEO, Eric Taylor, over there, and get yourself sorted out. Also want to show, throw some love to my other stream sponsor, Recon InfoSec, who, by the way, just renewed for a three-month stint. My man, Jeremy Williams, with the love. Recon InfoSec's managed detection and response MDR offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum SecOps to organizations of any size. Their MDR service includes fully managed SIM and SOAR, and customers gain visibility into their environment as well as any incidents investigated that are being done by the Recon SOC team. Check out Recon InfoSec. If you're looking for MDR, if you're doing evaluations, looking at different vendors or whatever, they're a security company run by security people. Check it out. Links in the description below. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications like SISP, SISM, SISM, that requires CPEs. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, just like this one, is worth half a CPE. So two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat and document literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. And because it's Wednesday, y'all, Worldwide Wednesday, if you want to document what's up in chat, say where you're coming from because as soon as I'm done with this intro script, we're running the continents, okay? Middle East gets its own continent this time around. All right. If you're live, love it. Drop where you're coming from because we're about to do this. If you're on replay, hashtag team replay in chat. Still let us know where you're coming from. It's, it's nice to know uh, where everybody's coming from. Thanks for catching the stream. If you want to jump right to the news, you do you, boo. Because you're in the future, you can jump and jump into it. But for us that are live here, we're about to rip it apart and go worldwide. So what's up, everybody? First of all, thanks for being here. Cybersecurity Central. Absolutely love the shirt. Guys, if you don't know about Cybersecurity Central, allow me to share this with you. Go to cybersecuritycentral.org. I'll drop a link in chat. Cybersecuritycentral.org. It's run by uh, Kimberly. Kimberly can fix it. Great, great uh, member of the community. She's posting awesome stuff up there all the time. What? Can we just become 
Love it. I got to put that alert box somewhere else. It's kind of janky right there, but uh, new layout, new layout. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for all you do. Thank you, uh, Jeremy Williams. Guys, let's run the world. Let's do it. Where are we at? Where are we at? Pakistan's in the house. We're taking that for Middle East. Thank you, Pakistan. Where are we at? Barbados is in the house. Very nice. Guys, do you like the new, uh, the new layouts? Now, with these new layouts... With these new layouts, we can drop in our emotes. Squad members can really represent. I'll have to tighten it up, but where we at? Texas in the house, so North America's online. UK Langshire, thank you, Lewis Diamond, for bringing Europe online. Where we at? Where we at? Norman, Illinois. Cyber Munchkin in the house. Hit that like button. South America. We're always struggling on South America. We need Asia, South America, Africa. Caribbean in the house. Thank you. Toronto's up in here. Homer Simpson. Haha, <laughs> USA. Bolivia, Bolivia's in the house. Is Bolivia count as Central America or North Amer- or South America? I hate to sound so ignorant. Argentina for South America, love it. Okay, so South America's online. Uh, Central America online, North America online, Europe's online. Where are we at? Can we get, we've got about, um, we've got about 110 seconds before the song ends. Can we get, can we get, Asia online. India. Is anyone up in here from India? Internal stranger from Australia. Where are we at, guys? Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, Carrie? Good to see you, Joel Belton. Restream Bot's bringing in all my LinkedIn friends. Eric Jordan, I see you over on LinkedIn. Thank you, Restream Bot. Hey, Yusuf. Nigeria's in the house. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Nigeria's in the house. So we got... Um, We've got Africa, South America, Central America, North America, Europe. Do we have Africa? Do we have Asia? Do we have Asia? Asia and um, what the hell? Um, Australia. Oh, Pakistan represented Asia. Okay, Jared Pierpoint, I can go with that. Can we get some Middle East love then? Middle East? I know Middle East doesn't count technically as a continent, but I feel like it's big enough that they can get some love. Jared Pierpoint. Jared's in Asia? Jared, where are you at? Is that Pakistan? Internal stranger, you going to leave us hanging, man? It's always South America that's the long pole in the tent. Now it's now it's inter- uh, Australia. Ah, oh, internal stranger. Come on. All right, so Jared's not in in Pakistan. I feel like we've got all of them, guys, except Australia at this point. Good morning, Christopher Ward. Good to see you. Thanks for the squad membership. What's up, Munchkin? Guys, nine seconds. Australia, where are you at? Oh, no. All right, all right. Internal Stranger's going to watch this. And... Um, Internal Stranger's going to watch this and be like, today was the day I didn't go. All right. Well, that was fun. Worldwide Wednesday. We didn't get it, but we will uh, strike again next Wednesday, um, everybody. Oh, Melbourne just in time. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Thanks, Melbourne, for representing. So, guys, nailed it. Worldwide Wednesday online. Absolutely crushing it. Uh, guys, go to cybersecuritycentral.com uh, to check out cybersecurity or excuse me cybersecuritycentral.org to check it out uh sit back relax that was a lot of fun during the worldwide wednesdays we're gonna get into the the news now so sit back and let's chill
From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. Verizon notifies customers their accounts were breached. This week, Verizon warned an undisclosed number of customers that between October 6th and 10th, a hacker gained access to their accounts and may have processed unauthorized SIM card changes. Verizon indicated that the threat actor may have also accessed customer names, telephone numbers, billing addresses, price plans, and other service-related information. The company says they've reset account pins and reversed any unauthorized account changes. At least one customer reported that they believed their crypto account was accessed using details exposed during the Verizon breach. Hmm. German cyber chief removed over... All right, well, that sucks. Um, you know, you f I feel like people who use prepaid services are trying a little bit... Um... Like in some cases, it's to be anonymous. Sometimes it's socioeconomic constraints. Uh, but Verizon notifies of a breach and people get kind of screwed. The one person who said that their crypto wallet may have been accessed, I almost wonder if that's a Hail Mary attempt in order to, like if it's actually true and if it is true, if it's some Hail Mary attempt to get uh, compensated in some way. Um, but I don't have any information one way or the other and don't know who that individual is. The one thing that jumps out to me is interesting in this story and worth, worth sharing. Um, Um, <clears throat> two things. One, SIM swapping. You know, okay, so prepaid card SIM swapping. So that's interesting. But the the real interesting thing to me is that it was only four days. Typically, guys. Typically, like you know, um, threat actors when they get access to resources, they're in there for a while. It's called dwell time. The time that someone's in there. Uh, like, you know, I don't know, keyword of the day, dwell time. It's the it's the length of time that a threat actor is inside a, a system compromised before the system owners um, know that the system has been compromised, right? This, this delta. And by the way, I've said this on the stream before. <clears throat> You'll see a lot of uh, industries or uh, security vendors report that like, uh, oh, there's been a massive decline in dwell time. Like ever since you installed our product, name there's been massive decline in dwell time and that's not really true because ransomware threat actors announce themselves which takes the dwell time way down so if you remove ransomware from the uh calculus of uh how long dwell time happens you'll see dwell time go way back up uh it is getting better so don't get me wrong it's just that ransomware has completely skewed the the statistics on dwell time um so it sounds like they oh nice job so verizon did a really great job of using the last four digits of the credit card uh, as part of the access code for uh, getting into uh, some system to make changes. So, oh my God, like it's 2022. Why? Like, I get that, you know, you have to make it easy for people to use, but dude, like, come on, the last four, like the last four of the credit card is the number that is typically not blurred out when you see credit card numbers in, uh, you know, systems, right? Like, oh, is this confirm the credit card? Or like, would you like to use this credit card? And it's like, star, 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 last four visible. So like to use the last four as some type of authentication mechanism is stupid. Seriously. Fancy! All right. Alleged Russian ties. On Tuesday, Germany's top cybersecurity chief, Arne Schoenbaum, was removed from his post after a hit comedy TV show highlighted his ties to Russian intelligence. 
The German satirical news show ZDF magazine Royale alleges that Schoenbaum co-founded and stayed in contact with a lobbying group that included a Russian cybersecurity firm founded by a Russian intelligence agent. A German Interior Ministry spokeswoman said that the news has, quote, permanently damaged the necessary public trust in the neutrality and impartiality, end quote. Schoenbaum had led the Federal Office for Information Security since 2016. Wow. Okay, so we covered this story a couple days ago on the basically cyber czar, the, the head cyber person in Germany being removed and there was potential linkage to Russia. Well, now the story comes out even more that, it, yes, in fact, he's been in power since 2016. You want to talk about like a quasi sleeper agent, Manchurian candidate style. He's been in there since 2016, but he, he founded some company uh, along with a former KGB agent. Now, I do want to point out like, just because you're a former KGB agent, just like you could be a former CIA CIA officer, does not mean that you're operating under the um, control and authority of the government that is, you know, the, the government that had that agency, right? So it's not like he started it with the Russian government, but, you know, there's a lot of like, what, what is this? You know, former KGB agent, typically you hear about KGB agents doing all sorts of stuff. So um, this is not a good look uh, for him. And I think it's funny that a show like uh, a, a satire news show, kind of like The Daily Show or Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, like one of those shows uncovered and basically reported on this relationship and branded him a cyber clown. Bro, that is a tough, that's a tough one to, to shake. Like this guy right here, like super serious, kind of looks like Red from that 70s show, um, publicly called out as a cyber clown. Um, that's a tough, tough beat for him. Hopefully, um, I would just say from an, from like a CISO perspective, this guy hasn't been identified as having done anything wrong, but there's potential there. So in my mind, I immediately think, okay, insider threat, we should probably, you know, freeze that dude's accounts. Look at if whatever logs we might have and look at what, um, actions or activity this individual has been doing, who's he been communicating with, what uh, external IPs has he been interfacing with. If you have like really good logs, like what kind of intellectual property, what kind of data has he been pulling off to either thumb drives, printers, or um, like print jobs, or uh, pushing to third-party services like Google Drive, Dropbox, uh, those type of services, right? Because at this point, you're like, okay, this is a potential insider threat. Not good. Cyber clown. Fortinet vulnerability being actively exploited. Last week on Cybersecurity Headlines, we covered a Fortinet zero-day critical authentication bypass vulnerability tracked as CVE-2022-40684. Fortinet confirmed that the bug is now being actively exploited in the wild. At least 17,000 Forta OS and Forta proxy devices remain exposed online and vulnerable. Customers should upgrade their systems as soon as possible, or if they're unable to upgrade, should disable the HTTP-HTTPS administrative interface or limit IP addresses that can reach it. Seriously. Like, okay. I, there's a hundred and, like, probably 150 of us. I know, I know it says 118, but this that number doesn't, that's just simply cyber numbers. We're pushing other services. There's like 150 of us in here. We have been flipping out for like two weeks about Forda OS, massive vulnerabilities, RCEs, proof of concept exploit. Now the proof of concept exploit has matured into, um, 
you know, it's it's like, you know, go to the vending machine and get your exploit. Oh, hold on. You know what? Because we've got, um, haha, because we have squad chat up now, I can do things like this, right? You get an exploit. You get an exploit, right? Throw Oprah up there. Guys, if you're running Fortinet in your environment, if you know someone in your community running Fortinet, right? Only you can prevent Fortinet fires. Like, send them this, right? I, I might even go as far as to say, send it to them whether or not you know that they're running Fortinet. Just make them aware of this. This thing, the fact that there's this many um, out there, you know, Fortinet is a commercial grade product, but I wonder if there's a bunch of um, small businesses, you know, smaller, like on the small side of medium businesses out there that have had IT people just build them an infrastructure and then move on to the next one. And now it's like, you know, Charleston dermatology is just, you know, they show up, they go to work, they, they go home and the internet just works. The network just works and they're just riding blind, you know, riding dirty, if you will. I think that maybe that could be part of what's going on, but it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Uh, smoky bear emote. Yeah, Joel Belton. Maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get a, I can add a smoky bear. I can add like 140 more emotes. Like literally YouTube told me that the other day and I was like, well, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. It's got to have, it's got to have some tie-in. All right. We could do smoky the bear. European police arrest suspected car hackers. European police have arrested 31 suspects for their alleged participation in a sophisticated plot to steal connected vehicles. Car thieves targeted two unnamed French car manufacturers using a tool marketed as an automotive diagnostic solution to replace legitimate software loaded onto vehicles. The software enabled them to open doors and start the ignition without needing to use a key fob. Evidence suggests that the hacking tool in question was also being sold to third parties online. Authorities seized more than 1 million euros in criminal assets and arrested not only some of the suspected car thieves, but also the suspected malware developers and resellers. All right. So, you know, this is actually pretty cool. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. All right. So much love to law enforcement for catching uh, this, you know, this crime ring of uh, car thieves. It just makes me think like basically they're saying that individuals, they don't have a flipper zero. They would have said flipper zero in the story, but basically a flipper zero like this. Um, it's a diagnostic tool, but basically it allows them to have admin control to the computer system on board the vehicles, which allows them to unlock the doors, start the cars, probably disable any type of like theft deterrent mechanisms, etc. Um, it doesn't say how many they stole, um, but yeah, it says details are scant at this stage, but obviously, you know, they said here it's 22 locations uh, seized over a million dollars in criminal assets, which would include the cars too. So they're, they're probably just getting up and running guys. What probably happened is someone invented or someone created something broke into a few cars and we're like, okay, this is cool. Let me show this to a couple of my other criminal buddies and the criminal buddies, like it starts turning into like a ecosystem. It's like, Hey, I'm the hacker and I can give you the tools. You're the car thief. You could steal the tool, uh, the cars. And then word gets out just like it does with any other kind of successful criminal enterprise. Like, oh, you just go to Johnny Hacks over here and get your little uh, fob device and steal cars. And it started ballooning, right? So Johnny Hacks gets the gets to sell this one device multiple times over. The car thieves get to steal cars pretty, pretty easily. 
uh, and everybody wins. The, the fact that um, it kind of got to this size, but Europol was able to bust the ring quickly is awesome. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, they arrested somebody who was involved in the um, crime group, and that person flipped and really flipped a lot of people. And then it was just t tumbling dominoes after that point, because this isn't that big a thing. Um, I do also want to point out that the Flipper Zero is getting kind of a, a, like some people are like opening Teslas and doing all sorts of stuff like that. So it is kind of uh, not good, but can you imagine just for a second, guys, if Gone in 60 Seconds, the movie with Nicolas Cage and Angelina Jolie, was just like them walking up to cars, pushing a button, the car opens, and then they drive away. Like how anticlimactic that would be. Uh, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it would be funny to me. And now, like All right, let's do the read. episode sponsor, SafeBase. Security questionnaires are a pain, and sharing sensitive documents takes too much back and forth. As a result, security can be wrongly viewed as a roadblock rather than a sales enabler. That's where SafeBase comes in. Our smart trust center makes it easy to showcase your security program, share sensitive documents, and streamline security reviews. It's the missing piece of your security and sales workflow, and the only security tool that gives you time back. Find out more at safebase.com. All right, it's the mid-roll, so let's get some simple minds in here. All right, everybody, I want to thank, first of all, the stream sponsors, Recon InfoSec and Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions, uh, much love. I want to um, thank them for their continued support and for renewing through, get this, y'all, Barricade Cyber Solutions has renewed through 2023, so the entirety of 2023. So get comfortable, get warm. They're going to be with us for quite a while. Genuinely appreciate the support. Eric Taylor and the group over there also loving Eric Capuano and Recon InfoSec. Guys, if you have not received the newsletter, I send this every single Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. It gives you three actionable pieces of intel that you can operationalize nearly instantly like I've, I've almost made it to the point where sometimes you can literally just copy and paste what i put in the email and fire it out so before your coffee is cool enough to drink you are already delivering risk reduction value to your organization and your bosses are like oh my god and you're like yeah that's right did it right you can be like uh look at me look at me look at me sure i'm the captain now. you can tell your boss that you're the captain now your mileage may vary. Maybe <laughs> maybe you don't necessarily do that. Again, uh, thank you again to Cybersecurity Central. You can see I'm sporting their merch today. Uh, love what they're doing. A 501c3 nonprofit led by people who are just excellent, excellent community members. Uh, thank you, Kimberly, and thank you to the whole crew over there for what they do. If you don't follow Cybersecurity Central, go check out their website and check them on LinkedIn because they basically deliver a curated uh, activity itinerary every single Monday. Think of Kimberly and Cybersecurity Central as your excursion, um, your ex like your excursion chaperone, like the uh, your your PM, like when you're, who's going to be like, okay, here's what we're doing today. Like you don't even have to think, like it'll it's just provided to you. It's fantastic. So thanks for all that they do. All right, Simple Minds, let's get back to the news. Gen Z and Millennials less serious about cybersecurity on work-issued devices. A new report from Ernst & Young has revealed that while most U.S. employees understand their employer's cybersecurity protocols, Gen Z and Millennial workers are least likely to prioritize or adhere to them. 
Roughly half of Gen Z and about one-third of millennial employees admit to taking cybersecurity protection on their personal devices more seriously than on their work devices. Oh, get ready for a flip out here from me. Gen Z and millennial workers are also more likely than older generations to use the same password for both professional and personal accounts and to accept web browser cookies on their work-issued devices. Okay. Microsoft shares... Okay, so check it out. Half a Gen Z. What is Gen Z anyways? Is Gen Z older than millennial or millennial older than Gen Z? Um, um, let me, I just, uh, we really should define this. Okay. Gen Z, iGen or Centennials born 96 to 2015. Millennials 77 to 95. Okay. So I'm technically a millennial, but I'm also Gen X. I'm like one of those cuspers because I was born in 79. Okay, so now that we have definitions that millennials are older and Gen Z are the the newer the newer class, they're saying here that half of Gen Z and about a third of millennials admit to taking cybersecurity protections on their personal devices more seriously than other work devices. Guys, check this out, okay? This is why if you've taken my GRC Analyst Masterclass, then you know what I'm about to say. And if you haven't, listen up because this is important. The most effective way, hold on, let me do this. Listen, the most effective way to modify end user behavior, which means deliver effective security awareness training, is to personalize it. Dude, people don't have, even like, people don't have the same loyalty, the same affinity for their employers. We're all mercenaries in 2022. Yes, I work at ThreatGen. Yes, I work hard there. Yes, I want to do great work but I'm a mercenary. If someone offered me double my salary down the street, love you, mean it, but it's all about, I mean, come on. Great I mean, let's be real, right? It's not about my work family. It's not about how I, it's not about like, oh, like I don't like this company or anything like that. It's job, right? And I deliver excellence. You deliver excellence. But at the end of the day, if our paycheck didn't clear, do you really think you'd be like, well, I know it's tough times and this is just a family thing. We're going to bear through it. I'm going to just work for free. Hell no. No, you're going to go on down the road. So if you think about it that from a philosophical mindset of it's about me, right? Maslow's pyramid of need or hierarchy of needs, then like fold into it. Okay. So if it's all about me, right. For, for better or worse, again, it's not selfishness. It's not like you're doing crap work for your business. It's just that what's important to you. So if, as the report says here, hold on, let me get rid of this thing. Cause I wasn't expecting to do that. As the report says here, half of Gen Z take cybersecurity protection on their personal devices more seriously. So give them education to protect their personal devices better. Because if you build in this behavior, they will bring it over to their work stuff. Nobody, dude, nobody is like, oh, you know, I know how important a passcode is on my phone. I absolutely know it. Oh, here's my work phone. Like YOLO, let everyone have access to it. No, it's like, it's how you behave. Right. So you need to personalize it. That's why in my newsletter the, for the end users, it's always like IRS scams. Tell them what's up and tell them to tell their loved ones. It's not because it's because if they're telling their loved ones, they will feel accountability. They will feel part of the solution. 
and they will bring it to work. If you are just sending some, dude, if you're sending someone some security awareness education about this is how you protect the organization and it's all about corporate, dude, you might as well be playing like white noise, just like, because it's not going to resonate whatsoever with Gen Z and millennials, especially. So TLDR, you have to personalize it. And this is hard facts right here. Get my arm right. These are hard facts to support that argument. Okay. It's not obvious. The bullet doesn't say you need to direct it towards their personal stuff because that might not seem intuitive. But I'm telling you, if you build in good behaviors, good cyber hygiene for the individual personally, and you map it to like, listen, if your email gets hacked, your social media accounts are going to get hacked because they'll be able to reset the passwords. And oh, by the way, your banking account, guess how I reset your password to there too? Through your email. Do you like having your personal bank account emptied out? No? Yeah, neither do I. So put multi-factor authentication on your phone. Do yourself a favor. Oh, and by the way, we're rolling it out corporate-wide next week, so <laughs> you can use the same app. You know what I mean? All right. Let's do it. I feel like I need a um, Gen Z Carl, maybe? I don't think that that's fair, but whatever. Whatever. I wasn't ready. Oh, here. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm not saying Gen Z's dumb. I'm just saying that um, you need to... Like, guys, you need to adapt to the environment. You cannot be so proud, so arrogant, so um, high and mighty that you think other people need to conform to the way you're doing it. Oh, I don't get why they keep getting hacked. I tell them every week that they need to en uh, enroll in corporate MFA. It's like, bro, like, just put your pride aside and focus on actually educating them. All right. Fancy. I digress. <laughs> fix for Exchange Online mailbox issues. Microsoft is working on a fix for a known issue that might prevent customers from configuring Exchange Online mailboxes in Outlook for Windows. These configuration problems stem from AutoDiscover Flow 603 errors, which occur during the Outlook connectivity test. The known issue affects several Outlook desktop clients, including Outlook for Microsoft 365, Outlook 2021, 2019, and 2016. Admins can fix the issue by following manual steps published by Microsoft while they wait on a patch. Okay. I mean, you could, I guess you could say that this is cybersecurity from an availability perspective, but not really. Guys, if you work in a smaller business, uh, if you work in a business that has field engineers, meaning like, basically um, called to the desk um, IT support or like help desk kind of that will come to your desk or help you uh, with your technical stuff. They are probably dealing with this. Essentially what they're saying here is that configuring, like you've got a Windows machine, you're configuring Outlook client on the machine and you're trying to hook into your Exchange Online, part of your O365 instance, and you're having trouble. That's what this... I, my, you can see because my graph, my text is backwards too. Like I've got the, 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 the camera changed or else I'd be like, I'd be like looking over this way, which would be dumb. Um, but my arms are all messed up. Um, it is going to be complaining about this. There's a manual workaround. If anything, just be mindful of this. Okay. I'm sure Microsoft's working to get this remedy, but right now it's a manual fix. So if you hear about 
you know, on the all hand or the IT department call, or, you know, if you get on the call, see, this is one of those good ones. You get on the call, maybe you have a weekly call or whatever. You can be like, Hey, field engineers. I heard that Microsoft has a workaround for a potential, um, for a problem that you guys might encounter setting up outlook for client for end users. I'll send you a link. Boom. Done. Right. They may not encounter it. The problem, maybe they've already encountered it and they don't know what to do. This is a, a, a manual solution. And oh, by the way, you'll want to talk about delivering value and building political capital with your IT counterparts. This is an excellent way. And guys, trust me, when you, <laughs> when you need IT to patch things or to help you with um, testing something out or vulnerability management or something like that, you'll be glad that you've built political capital like this. Believe that. Phishing is the top cybersecurity threat targeting car dealerships. A new report from CDK Global revealed that 15% of car dealers experienced a cybersecurity incident in the past year. Of these, a whopping 85% of incidents were caused by phishing attacks that resulted in data breaches, IT-related service disruptions, and loss of revenue. The study found that only 37% of auto retailers are confident in their current cybersecurity protection, representing a 21% drop in preparedness from last year's study. The report also found that nearly 60% of dealers plan to prioritize investments in cybersecurity infrastructure, hiring cybersecurity experts, and providing cybersecurity training to staff. Yeah, I mean, okay. Apple you know, all right, so this seems kind of weird. Um, again, I'm always shooting from the hip with these stories. Car dealerships um, are getting fished. Why? Like, why, why, why? Because, like, when I think of a car dealership, I do not... I mean, I have some thoughts initially, right? But when I think of a car dealership, um, I don't think of them as really hiring um, cybersecurity professionals at all. And they probably outsource their IT. These dealerships are into moving inventory. And by the way, I'm not... I haven't worked in the car dealership space, automotive space. My understanding is, though that like a Ford dealership or a GM dealership or whatever, um, they're not like under the GM banner. They are required. They're almost like franchisees, right? Where, you know, Jerry Osier, Honda, it's like, it's on me. I don't, I'm not like just, it's not just like a Honda dealership and I work as part of some big corporate conglomerate. I am a franchisee. And this is why in the United States, you can't buy brand new Hondas anywhere except at Honda dealerships. You can't buy general motor vehicles anywhere except at authorized general motor dealerships, right? It's part of that franchisee thing. You can buy used cars off used car lots, but you'll never see like Jerry's mixed new car lot, right? That that can't happen. So it's it's a lean business. Obviously the top dogs at the top, like the Jerry Osher Honda, Jerry Osher's loaded in that story, but everybody else that works there is, um, you know, just working there. So why would you want to fish? The only thing I could think of is if it were me, right? Sometimes I always like to, not always, but sometimes I pretend, okay, like Jerry, um, you have to go on the lamb, right? Like, like you committed some heinous crime in the, in the heat of battle or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Made a bad decision and I've got to go on the lamb. How am I going to use the skill sets I have earned and obtained in my life to provide for me and my family as we operate this murky underworld of being on the lamb? And usually it's ransomware, honestly, but um, fishing a car dealership. They're saying here that it's easy to fish them, okay, because they've got pretty poor security practices. They're not educating their staff on that, which totally makes sense. You wouldn't be targeting the salespeople. You'd be targeting the back-end infrastructure people. 
they have high volume assets or high high value assets, but that's not really going to do it. The only thing I can think of is the high net worth customers, right? So you target a Range Rover dealership or a Porsche dealership or a um, Bentley dealership, and you get a list of all the high value assets. And now you've got a pool of individuals who likely can, like, you know, have enough net worth to be able to shop at those places, presumably. And now you can target them with follow up phishing emails, um, targeting them, saying that you're calling from the, the Range Rover dealership and you want to schedule something. If they could just, you know, verify their social security number, I don't know. Um, so I'm not going to spend any more time on this. It's just, it's, it, it's like a very niche market to target. I'll go back and look at chat. It'll be interesting. Yeah, they make a lot of loans. Yeah, they do. Stores Russian social networks without explanation. Apple has restored Russian social network VK and webmail provider Mail.ru to the App Store three weeks after removing them both for sanctions violations. The two Russian homegrown services service alternatives to Facebook and Gmail with domestic market share to match. The apps were removed from Apple's platforms in late September following a wave of UK sanctions targeting the financial organizations that own them. Censorship critics are condemning Apple for its erratic and non-transparent management of App Store content. And okay. All right. I am reading. Um, hold on. We can do this because um, because it's the last story. We can do this. All right. So the Apple's restored um, Vcon take social media app and webmail provider mail.ru. So basically they restored Facebook and Gmail to the Russian marketplace. Um, I'm reading Nicole Pelros. Uh, this is what they tell me, how the world ends or something like that. Um, so my first thought immediately goes, huh, it was down for three weeks. Enough time to bake in a backdoor or, you know, analyze it in, in a way to um, be able to eavesdrop on communications. Let's push it back in there and get it fully up. I have zero evidence to support that claim. I'm just speculating that, you know, in a, a in a action movie, a Mission Impossible cyber movie uh this this is that's what goes to my mind also apple's probably making money off of in some way off of these apps so it it is in their interest financially to want these apps in the app store um they had taken them down because of sanctions from the uk so um maybe they were under heavy pressure and it took them three weeks for their lawyers at apple to navigate the bureaucratic waters uh the diplomatic waters if you will of the sanctions to prove whether or not they did not violate the sanctions. Um, you know, maybe making the argument that not everybody in Russia is a soldier and not everybody in Russia is totally down with what Russia is doing to Ukraine. Uh, so maybe, you know, you're, you're marginalizing those citizens as well. I, I don't know. But what I do know is in this current conflict, you know, even though it's like one state or one country against another country, not all the citizens of that country are like pro decision of that country, but they are being impacted. And as big tech companies, which have heavy, heavy, massive influence globally, are getting pulled into some of this geopolitical conflict, those big tech companies are having to make decisions that can affect them financially. Uh, it, it's really, really kind of crazy if you think about it, that it's not just like country on country, but big tech companies have almost as much weight and gravity and, and influence as some of these countries like your Google, your Facebook, 
your Apple. So anyways, this is back up and running. I'm sure there's other um, business. Remember at the beginning, like March, April time frame of 2022, hundreds and hundreds of businesses were pulling out of Russia. Do you remember like just abandoned McDonald's? Um, Cloudflare was like, we're not going to pull out. And people were giving them some heat about that. So, you know, th that's what's going on, guys. This is just a very complicated situation up in here. All right. Yeah, Starbucks was there. All right, hold on. Let's see this one, too. Yeah, Carl rocking it out. All right, guys, if you don't know, later today at 1130 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Wednesday, I play Threat Gen Red versus Blue live on stream. And today I will be playing, and I always educate as well because I love education. I will be educating all people who are there on the cyber kill chain. I will be executing as a red team threat actor, just your garden variety threat actor. Again, let's pretend I have to go on the lamb. What, what am I going to do? Okay. I'm going to execute the cyber kill chain. I'm going to walk you through every phase of the cyber kill chain, which is basically the methodology for red team or pen testers. So if you want, Hey, thanks gaming with the cat. Love, love the squad membership. Welcome to the club. Enjoy all those sick emotes gaming with the cat right there in chat. You pop it up. You can get an Oprah. You get an emote. You get an emote. There it is. Love it. All right. So, guys, I'll be doing the cyber kill chain, recon, uh, um, weaponization, delivery of payload, lateral movement, exfil, um, executing uh, uh, on target, all, all of it. Okay. It's going to be fun. You know how I like to roll on these Let's Plays. So if you're into that, come by the stream on a, at 11.30 a.m. later today. You can catch it at um, ThreatGen's channel, youtube.com slash ThreatGen. It will be paired to Simply Cyber's channel as well. So if you're a sub on either of those, you will be made aware of when that happens. All right, guys, we're at 8.42. That was the news of the day, which means if you were here just for the news... Thank you very much for being here. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right after I'm finished teaching at the Citadel. I'll come in hot, deliver some scorching hot takes, and then I'm boogieing out of town. But for the next two minutes, I'm going to be hanging out with Chad. Guys, what'd you think of uh, what'd you think of the new layouts? Oh yeah, B-Sex, um, Stacy's mom. It's good times. <laughs> oh, hey, Burak Ersoy. Welcome, man. Hopefully you can join us next time live. Always always good to have you live. Thanks, Nick Parker. I'm glad you like it. I'm always trying to I'm always trying to improve the stream plus one. I told I told Kimberly about this. I had like a daydream on the bus going into Deadwood and I told Kimberly, I said, Hey Kimberly, what do you think of what do you think of this idea? She gave me a virtual high fives. You need to clean up the overlay and put the images behind it. So have, yeah, I know, I know. Hey, 80% okay is better than 0% not done. I do not let perfection get in the way of progress. Thanks, Internal Stranger. We did do Worldwide Wednesday. Internal Stranger, I was calling for you, man. I don't know if you if you watched the replay. I was, I was begging for you to show up in chat. We got someone from Melbourne just at the last minute, though, so we did nail it. Uh, we did nail it right there at the end. Yep. And then finally, just to say goodbye. Time to do work. This is a deep cut for those who are in chat.
Hey, the Midnight Rooster. Love this life. Welcome to the show. Get comfortable. You're always welcome on the on the stream. That's <laughs> all good, Internal Stranger. We had it. We had it. You're just so constant, Internal Stranger, uh, in Team Live that I was, I, I I was thinking you'd be rapping Australia. All right, we're right here at time, guys. I have not checked out Coast Country yet. I will check them out uh, right after this, though, because I'm about to hang up, guys. Hey, hey, Gangstar, please don't swear on stream, my friend. All right, guys, thanks for uh, the love. I'll get the layout cleaned up a little bit as best I can. Y'all be good. Jim Wales, be good. Jeffrey Watala, be good. Mersha Arnold over on LinkedIn. I love it. Guys, be good. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. or later today at 1130 a.m. for the Cyber Kill Chain. Um... Hey, Eric Silverman, I'm not sure. Oh, oh, you're doing the math calculations for them. Yeah. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you.